All right, so this is going to be our first episode. Are we even calling it episodes? Our first video <laughs> slash podcast episode where we just deep dive into some of the stuff we've talked about. And appropriately, I want to do this first one on pain point SEO. Pain point SEO is, is the term we coined. Um, and even though we in the article, it says last modified in 2022, I went back in WordPress and it was published in 2018, around this time, I think, around August. Yeah. So we're doing this about four years later, which is kind of crazy. It has search volume. So here's what we're going to do, by the way, in this. We're projecting our screen and doing this on Zoom for YouTube. And if when we turn it into a podcast, Benji, what we can do is just try to like talk about what we're showing so that it's useful if you want to listen to it in the car you know, while you're working out, whatever. This is great. People will learn about pain point SEO while they're working out. <laughs> so four years later, it has search volume according to ClearScope, which is pretty cool. Um, I could bring that up. I think it's like 20 volumes or something according to ClearScope. And let's see, pain point SEO. I'm going to verify how much volume it has. Yeah, 20 monthly searches. And so let's let's just talk about it. And I think we've learned a lot about how to do this in the four years since with, I don't know, dozens of clients and hundreds of news pieces. The foundational- yeah. I was gonna say, I think when we first wrote this, we didn't even have real client examples to put in the, the blog post. So we had to use hypotheticals. So yeah, we've learned a ton and we've written a, a bunch of case studies since proving pain point SEO works for a bunch of our clients actually for all of our clients. And, and if you are listening to this on podcast or whatever, and you want to read the, the article, just Google pain point SEO. And frustratingly to us, don't click on, there's some other result that may not be ours, but click on the one that says grow and convert. <laughs> and then there's also, if you Google pain point SEO lead feeder, that lead feeder article, should, does, that, does that work? Let's test it. Pain point SEO lead feeder. That article tells the founding story. A content marketing case study, how we scale lead feeders thing to this, that, and the other. So you said we didn't have client examples. That's true. But at the same time, well, we I think we published this idea. one right after we published the, the foundational article on Pinpoint SEO. We published Lead Feeder right after? I believe so. Yeah. So how we discovered this is through working with clients at that time. Lead Feeder, but not just Lead Feeder. And it was when we first started the agency, we kind of intentionally were quote unquote, not an SEO agency. We shied away from SEO. We did those stories. So stories would be like, you know, some marketing software, like lead feeder is, you can read about it if you Google that, but it's like, you know, software to give you some more in-depth analytics on who's visiting your website. And so we'd be like, okay, like they're targeting startups and CMOs and marketing teams. And so the content we did was like, interviewing some famous marketer at so-and-so. Like, I think we have an article for some client back in the day where we interviewed Rand Fishkin, formerly of Moz, and all these people, and we would get their insight. And those did well from a community, social media, like promotion perspective. Yeah, traffic. And then, who was it? Them? It was, it was lead feeder. It was the lead feeder CEO. We had a conversation and he was just like, well, these stories are great and they're generating traffic, but what are you going to do about the SEO side of things? And we had just had this long conversation. And so we started testing some SEO pieces 
And a few months down the road, just realized that they were converting at a way higher level than any of the pieces that we had previously done for them. Well, not any of the pieces. I think we had tested a couple SEO pieces for them, but majority of the stuff that we were doing was this top of funnel stories that would be interesting to marketers. When most people would just call thought leadership, it was just... It was stories that we would want to read as marketers of of how someone accomplished something in the marketing industry, grew traffic to their site or did something like that. Yeah. And, and so that's like how Rand Fishkin grew Moz from XYZ. But when you stop and think about it in hindsight, now that you know Painpoint SEO, you're like, yeah, why would that bring in trials and signups for lead feeder? That has nothing to do with it. It's just an interesting marketing story, but that's what, kind of everyone does, but they don't even do the interviews with interesting people. They do this kind of top of the funnel content marketing with just like ultimate guides and 10 tips and trends and marketing and marketing analytics. And then you sit down to measure it and you're like, well, guys, why isn't the blog generating any leads? It's because the act of reading posts like that does not indicate that the reader is at all ready, willing, or even in the market for that piece of software the company whose blog it lives on, right? And what we noticed, there's another example that you didn't mention that I have a big memory of, although I have the memory of a small rodent, is some SurveyMonkey alternatives. Didn't we do that? Yeah. I somehow have a memory of SurveyMonkey alternatives and then CodeMentor or something. We did another one where we happened to do some of these serendipitous kind of comparison posts no, there, there was there, there was a survey tool it was either survey monkey or one of the other survey yeah. tools like type and form it converted like crazy yeah and so it we were like convert. wait a minute like when we measured the leads we're like this random you know alternatives to blah 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 tool is converting like crazy way more than any of the other ones and surprise it's a lot easier to produce that because you don't have to go like emailing famous people to ask them to be interviewed for this blog post for one of your clients and so I think slowly, slowly like that, and the lead feeder CEO, yeah, he he asked us and we were like, okay, let's do more of these. This started to coalesce. It's been four years since that. But that's the basic idea is most marketers approach content marketing. Most content marketers approach it from, I'm going after traffic. If they're doing it from an SEO perspective, it means type in something like marketing analytics software, marketing analytics hit enter into a keyword research tool and then go high volume to low volume. Like, and then you get on Twitter and you brag about how much traffic you're getting for your clients. Look at this search console graph. Look at my G clients GA graph, but no one is measuring the leads. And when we measure the leads, we're like, oh, the vast majority aren't converting. The, the, the screenshot I'm projecting now for those that are not gonna watch the video, it shows, an example of that, of like a landing pages report in GA, a bunch of URLs that we've blurred out, a bunch of traffic. And we noticed that the, that the conversion rate on the right side to sign up are these minuscule numbers, 0. 0.02, 0. 0.04, 0. 0.04, 0. 0.08. And you're just like, why would I invest in this when I can invest in lead generating channels? So pain point SEO is hold up. Before you decide to write content based on the general topic area of the company or the product. First, figure out what are the pain points of the prospects that end up converting? What do they ask? What are they looking for? Right at the time they sign up, upgrade the paid, join, whatever. 
is to get that information from within their brains. How do you do that? You ask people in the company. So you could be listening to this as an in-house marketer or an agency or a freelancer. Agency freelancer, you have to interview people inside. If you're an in-house content marketer, you still have to interview people inside. They're just your coworkers, right? And it's typically who? Sales or whoever is interacting directly with the customer and you ask them that. Like, what else are these people considering? What questions do they ask when they're looking? You know, what questions do you get that is indicative of a client that you think is going to close or a prospect you think is going to close versus who are the tire kickers? What else am I missing? What, what's the key value proposition or value propositions of your product? Why is your product better than any of the alternatives? Yeah. What are the key features that people are com yeah, coming in for and then use inside of the product? So, you know, if you're to produce a piece of content on, let's say X feature, that's the thing that most people sign up for. And so you can find keywords that uh, are around that as well. Yeah. And the idea is now, if you, you do your keyword research, looking for things that map to those pain points, those features, those things that via your conversations with sales or whoever is close to that are indicative of someone who's ready to sign up. So that flips it. You're now prioritizing your content on conversion potential, which like, it, it seems like a shock because people, despite this being done for four years, we still get pushed back on social. Sometimes, you know, people are just like, or we just see, let's put it that way. Or we even see. from clients and prospects. Yeah, just or like, no, we don't want to be too salesy. Like give, you know, the content should be about educating and giving and giving and giving. You're like, that's fine. I see, I see the point of that. But if there are search terms in Google that the act of Googling, it means they're literally looking for your product or service now or your client's product or service now, why the hell would you not rank for those? It doesn't well, I would also sense. argue that if someone's searching for a lot of these keyword terms, alternatives to X, service list, any of this best product, why wouldn't you sell in there? You're educating at a different stage in the funnel. It's like getting on a phone with a salesperson and the salesperson explaining to you the key benefits of the product, why you should use this product over anyone else. It's the same kind of thing, just translated into content. And so I would argue you are educating people. You're just educating people who are more ready to buy than just these general top of funnel terms. Yeah, I mean, said another way, what you're saying is, and if you write on these bottom of the funnel terms, you can throw out the like, don't be too salesy out the window because, it, you know, so what I'm doing right now is I'm projecting this five bullet point thing in the middle of pain point SEO, where we say the content frameworks we've found are the highest converting for SEO content, okay? And I'll go over these in detail, but to complete Benji's point, um, some of the examples are like, again, best marketing analytics software, best small business accounting software. If you sell small business accounting software, some alternative to QuickBooks, and you're trying to rank for best small business accounting software, you need to sell your accounting software. <laughs> you don't do the thing that like normal content marketing, what is the truism of like, give, give, give some Gary Vaynerchuk thing where you're like, don't ask or whatever. Don't ask for the sale. No, they're literally looking for software. They're comparing stuff. And so you need to sell. That's the bulk of your blog post. Um, and then surprise, when you do that, you rank for something that indicates they're looking for small business accounting software. And then your blog post is about how you make one of the best small business accounting softwares. You're probably going to sell accounting software. It's going to actually convert. Um, so these five frameworks 
uh, that we wrote into the post are number one, comparison posts. So that's like QuickBooks versus zero versus FreshBooks to use my accounting thing continue. Best, the best, you know, or X software type posts. Those are like small business accounting software, best accounting software, small business, those kind of permutations where they're literally just like looking for that thing. And by the way, I'm using software. I'm about to give some, we're about to go through some examples about like a D to C T e-commerce company. This works for anything. We've done this for services. We've done this for ourselves. We've done this for non-software, um, like marketplaces, whatever. I'm just using that as an example. Alternatives, we talked about that, you know, survey monkey alternatives, blah, blah, blah. They're kind of in the same group as comparison, kind of. And then um, pricing, we'll skip over that for a second. And then, and then this last category, which is kind of in a tier by its own, which is we called it in the post product or service use cases. What I call it internally is like how to. And this is really where the pain points begin. So if you read this post, I want to argue an easy way to think about it is frameworks one, two, three, and four, comparison, best, alternatives, and pricing. You can bucket them into mentally. All of this is subjective, right? Like the point is just write on stuff that's going to convert, but these mental frameworks help. Bucket them into like, these are the extreme bottom of the funnel or like really bottom of the funnel, which is like, they're looking, they're just typing in like small business accounting software. That's not even a pain point. That's like a solution. <laughs> That's the difference between how to stop a headache and Googling Tylenol, right? Like Tylenol is not the pain point. Like they already know and they're looking for the solution. Those are obviously the highest converting. If you are doing content marketing, you're serious about it and you think I want my content marketing to generate leads and sales and you are not somehow targeting and trying to rank for those and those keywords exist and they have volume, you're doing it wrong. I don't know what to tell you, right? Those are like, you absolutely must. Then you can bucket one and three comparison and alternatives as kind of the, uh, like in that category as another subcategory kind of equal, which is then instead of Tylenol, if you are Tylenol, it's people writing like Advil alternatives, aspirin alternatives or whatever, right? Um, and and those are like this versus that. So the an accounting example would be like, QuickBooks versus zero accounting or whatever. And you're some other like third-party entrant into the accounting sphere. That is also a very high converting type of keyword because they know two competitors. They're looking to compare. They're like ready, right? This isn't like, wait, we have to drip them, nurture the lead, none of that stuff. And then number four articles talk about pricing. We included that. That's kind of more of an enterprise-y thing. Um, Benji, you want to explain that? Yeah, the example that I gave is just if if you had like a demo-based product that didn't display pricing on their site. And I, I would say this has changed a lot because I would say a lot more companies are transparent in their pricing now. But there historically, there were a lot of companies that didn't share their pricing publicly. If you were a competitor to that company and you had a ballpark of the pricing, one of the key search queries that a lot of people will enter in is just that company name and pricing because they're interested in getting a ballpark price and the company doesn't display it anywhere on their site. And so you could potentially own a pricing query for one of your competitors if that was something that they chose not to display. So just another way of kind of owning that conversation and steering people towards your product. And I think that's also very bottom of the funnel. If they're literally looking for like a competitor's pricing, they're pretty deep in, right? They're ready to buy.
Then comes number five. And in my personal opinion, again, this is all slicing hairs, defining stuff. But in my opinion, the way I like to think about it is that's the real pain point SEO, right? Because that's the pain point. Just uncovering all the different things that someone would search for to find a solution to their problem is the way that you can think about it. And I think the examples that we're about to share will really shine a light on this. And, and that's when the number of keywords expand. So to kind of jump ahead a little bit, one of the objections we're going to talk about is like, well, what if I don't have a lot of these or whatever, because I'm in some new niche that may be true for some of the best. Like I'm using things that there's a ton of players in like accounting software as an example, but you may be in a more like other niche. And we're going to talk about some of those examples in a second. Usually the pain points, number five, that's not going to be limited because there's going to be a ton of how to do X, how to accomplish this. What do I do about this? The simple example, the headache example is like, what to do about a headache? Where do headaches come from? There's, I haven't even looked at keyword research for headaches, but I'm going to roll with that example. There's probably a ton of headache queries, right? Even after you've completed like ibuprofen alternatives or whatever. Um, so let's get into, so, so I think we should, you should work your way up in that way. Um, do the absolute, this is going to convert. They're looking for our solution. Make sure you are ranking for that or you have an entrance into that competition to rank for that. Like you've produced an article that you're trying to rank for that. Otherwise, like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, and one thing I'll say with the point number two, so the best product or service list is it's not only just your category name. Um, so oftentimes people are looking for software that can do X or some feature inside of your software. And you should also rank for that. And then every variation or synonym that someone would have for your category if you're a SaaS company, it would be feature and then software added onto it so that you know that people are looking for a, a software solution to their problem. Um, but we'll go into specific examples that kind of shine light on this. All right. So since we've used a bunch of hypothetical examples from B2B and accounting and all this boring stuff, let's talk about Matt Eliason using Painpoint SEO on his T um, brand, Cup and Leaf. is an e-commerce store. They sell a bunch of like tea. So you get bags of tea. Um, and I'm projecting now for those that can't see, like that he wrote a case study. It's, not, it's not bags, it's loose leaf. That was, excuse me. That was, yeah. I'm not a tea person, it's loose leaf. All good. Apologies to our- Oh, excuse you. Uh, to our British uh, listeners and employees. Um, so it's an article you can Google <laughs> like Nat Painpoint SEO and it'll show up towards the top. Um, and what, he said, or maybe you can tell the story because he talked to you about it, right? Yeah, I, I chatted with him. Yeah, we used to have calls all the time. And he, it, when he was explaining what he was doing with a cup and leaf, he was just saying he was growing traffic a lot, but not getting a lot of conversions. So we were just chatting uh, about pain point SEO. And historically, what he had done is gone after a lot of these high volume queries. So for example, green tea shot was something that he ranked for. Another thing that he ranked for was like, green tea side effects. And I think green tea recipes and things like that. He was growing traffic a ton, as you can see from some of the screenshots above in, in the blog post, but he wasn't getting many sales from them. And so let, just let me give an example to read it out loud of that. It, in the article, it says green tea side effects brought in over 60,000 visitors in the last three months and $0 in sales. <laughs> But yeah, most so, other marketers would brag about that. So when we were just looking at some of the keywords and just 
kind of looking through a site together, what we what we realized is just he didn't really have any buying keywords that he was ranking for. So he's selling uh, loose leaf tea, but then he's ranking for things like green tea side effects or green tea shot, which has no indication that someone actually wants to buy green tea. So just challenge him to kind of relook at it through the pain point SEO framework. And then he started writing articles and trying to rank for terms like best oolong tea, best green tea. So again, if you just think about the mindset of a customer, someone is trying to find a new tea brand or a new tea product that they can buy, which changes the intent a lot. And so after he started ranking for these things, I think the, the stats are above, but his sales started skyrocketing. Oh yeah. And then, so those are, those are the, the best tea ones, but then we started getting into. Well, uh, hang on. So for, for his thing, tea, there's like a bajillion, right? Because it so yeah. happens unlike software, like what I'm showing right now on the screen, best green tea, best oolong tea, best black tea, best white tea, best, how do you pronounce this? Ruboy's tea, best herbal tea, best who air yeah, tea. I'm, I'm not even gonna try to. People are really fancy. Best tea yeah. in the world, best jasmine tea. And so it's just like, I think for B2C, a lot of B2C. There's a lot, there's a, a lot more lot. pain point keywords for yeah. sure for B2C companies. And, and then think about that in contrast, to the two counter examples, green tea side effects. You may think, no, come on, like they're Googling green tea side effects. Some fraction of those people want tea. Do they? You got 60,000 visitors and $0 in sales. Maybe those people took some green tea and like, or are, are doubtful or they have a headache or something like that. Or, and then green tea shot, I don't know what the hell that is, but the screenshot from Google that he showed, Nat showed in the article, it, a green tea shot includes peach schnapps, Jameson, sour mix, <laughs> lemon lime soda, and then uh, ice cubes. Meaning, I'm not even sure that has anything to do with green tea. It would just be called a green tea shot, and they were getting a bunch of traffic for that. Versus, if you're Googling best green tea, you want to buy tea. Yeah. Sorry, continue. So then... All, all good. So so then going into... So, so that would be the, the number two example that we shared in the post. But this would be... Now we're getting into more of the number five example, whereas the different use cases. And so... Some of these different teas have different benefits. And so oftentimes people are drinking tea for a certain reason. Maybe they're trying to come off coffee or they're trying to lose weight or they're having sleeping issues. And so there's all these different search terms around um, some of these pain points that people are trying to solve a problem for. So for example, in the post, we talk about best tea for weight loss, best tea for sleep, best tea for an upset stomach, best tea for a cough, best tea for a cold, best tea for stress. And so if you have a lot of this product knowledge about which tea would be best for all these different purposes, then you can now write blog posts that go after some of these various search terms and explain how someone could solve one of these problems with a certain type of tea. And so that was another approach he took to, to expand the amount of keywords that he could go after and help people solve problems with his product. Yeah, and then um, the next part of the post is ties to what we just said also earlier which is now when you are ranking for things where people are looking for tea you it makes sense to link to the tea that you can buy on your tea site right so then you don't need to do this whole like no no don't sell content marketing thing they're like nope i'm gonna sell because they're literally looking for tea um so and then he talks about he shows examples of like inside his post links to the tea that you can buy 
um, from his site. And there's a bunch of um, screenshots and analytics about uh, traffic growth and also, of course, lead growth that he got from it, or in this case, not lead sales. Yeah. So that's Probably the B2C sales. example. Um, we can do B2B. Shall we do a, a, the blog yeah, let's do that it. we're going yeah. to publish? Yeah. So this blog post is literally in the works of being published as we are recording this. Um, and the title is how to do B2B content marketing without domain um, expertise. And here it is about uh, a client we worked with for a while called Rainforest QA. So shift your mental thing from something easy to understand like tea um, to something very nerdy, which is QAing software, QAing starting for, standing for quality assurance. So for those that aren't familiar, this is, don't worry, it's not gonna get super technical. Any website or software company, when they release new code or push something live, they have to QA it, meaning they have to like test whether it's buggy or not. That's basically all you need to understand. The typical, that's not true, I'm gonna explain more. The typical way to do that is like coders code these programs that basically pretend to go through the software and like click on a bunch of stuff. And they say, okay, like when they click add to card, does it actually add to card? Or when they click sign up, does it actually start the free trial for their software or whatever? And they sort of like code software to test the software, right? Um, and what Rainforest does that's really cool is they let you set up these what are, I'm just going to call QA scripts. I hope I'm not like mainly. Automated, automated tests. Yeah, that without code. And why is that transformative? Because now the development team, developers in the organization aren't the only people that can do QA. So it's like kind of um, no code software where you can say, well, click on this, do this, check for that, check for this. And that's that QA script or that automated QA test. But it can be done by non-developer people on a QA team. It can do people on the product team. It can be done by people in the customer support team, anyone, right? And anyone can edit it, look at it, see how it's running. And sort of it, it, it they use this term, I think in some of their pieces of democratizing QA. So I don't know, Benji, if you want to talk about um, bottom of the funnel, but I think to just go into our pain point SEO types, I'm going to scroll down to some of the keywords that we're ranking for that we're putting into that uh, piece. So like, let me just kind of do well, it. In, yeah, go on. Keep going. What would, what would other, what would you typically write? Right. So if you're not doing pain point SEO, the typical content marketing thing is like the ultimate guide to software QA. Or what is quality assurance? What is QA? Right. A lot of those type of posts. And I bet you in keyword research software, they get a ton of traffic. And that's what most content marketers do. I want to preface, like, I think, and you can object, Benji, if you disagree. Unlike sure. the Natalie and Cup and Leaf example, where he was like, we got zero sales from green tea side effects. I think if you ranked for, if they ranked for like, what is QA, ultimate guide to QA, blah, blah, blah. Like, they'd probably get some leads. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, but but I think what's important here is there's a lot of nuance to their product. So again, this is automated testing with no code. And typically how people do QA is they hire a bunch of developers yeah. and create these manual tests. And so their product solves a very specific use case for a very specific type of customer. And that's also why we chose 
a lot of the keywords that you're seeing here because it's not just web application testing. The automated component is a key thing where someone's trying to run these automated tests instead of manuals. So they don't have to have a team of testers recreating the same test over and over again manually. Um, they can now do this in an automated way. And so a lot of the keywords, you, you'll see how automate is a very key component in all of the keywords that we chose because that's a core value proposition and feature that is offered in the product. Well, this, so, this screenshot is a little misleading. I think um, Olivia- Okay, because that's uh, the Olivia one, is, sorry. Yeah, you're yeah, right. That's, she, she that's one post the, that we rank for all these different automated uh, variations. Right, she's showing an example of how one post can rank for a ton of different variations. So let me, is there not other uh, keywords in here? But she uses examples in here that I can find. But it in contrast, or you know what you can do? We can pull up some internal stuff on the in the meantime. In contrast um, to like the what is the QA ultimate guide, blah blah blah. Yeah, I can do uh, it in the background. Yeah, you can things around like visual. I believe we had a bunch of keywords around like visual automated testing, visual QA software. Yeah, uh, there might have been some no code, and so there you're like, listen. If and you can you can pull up some of those. To, to yeah, make. we did a, we did a lot of alternatives pieces. So all the different manual variations or all the different more technical tools that people would go for, um, that this product would be an easier solution to regression testing. So all these different variations of ways that people might call this type of testing. Automation was a key component in a lot of this stuff. Codeless testing. Um, so yeah, again, trying to think through all the yeah, synonyms. Code, codeless someone... automation testing was definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, some of the verses was Cypress versus Selenium. And Cypress and Selenium, at least Selenium for sure is, is one of the traditional. Like Selenium is the mega player in this space. It is a code-based way to create software tests. And so anyone comparing them, actually a bunch of people comparing them, most of them will, wouldn't have heard of Rainforest. And this is a good like strategic use of the versus keywords is just write some verses between two of your competitors and then add versus you. And you just sort of like crash that party and people are comparing oh. your competitors and they're like, oh, who the hell is this? Oh, that's interesting. They have some good value props or whatever, assuming you sell in the article as well. Maybe we do another video later where I walk through like how to sell your product in the article and how we actually write those. But yeah. I want to contrast just from Painpoint SEO standpoint the difference is instead of like what is regression testing whatever which is really beginner the type of people like buying these things don't need to know what it is instead it's like the, the bottom of the funnel are like codeless automation testing it's like that if you're googling that you can imagine why the conversion rate is so much higher you're ready like reinforced qa is literally that then moving into that number five I've lost my screen here. Number five of pain point SEO, which is use um, cases, use cases, and the how-to stuff, the real pain points. I see things here like how to write a test plan, manual versus automated testing, um, quality assurance metrics. Where did we get those ideas from? Flaky tests. Flaky tests isn't codeless automation testing software, right? That's just like a, a concept. It's from interviews with sales, account managers, or customer support, or whatever that was interacting with customers saying, this is a problem. 
flaky test, I believe, refers to like other tests you could code or write that don't pass fail properly or perfectly. And so it's an issue. And Rainforest can be one thing you can use to solve that issue. If I mangle that, I'll, I'll hear it from Olivia later. That's fine. <laughs> but or like the QA testers that yell at you in the comments. Right. Yeah. Or how to write a test plan is a how-to. But we know that like if people are doing QA testing methodically, that they want to write test plans, et cetera, that Rainforest QA can be a good way to do your testing. And it's sort of like, makes sense you know it's 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 you can find a way to pitch the product in these so they're still pain point based we know that that's an issue um and we're not just you know chasing search volume we could go over more but i i kind of want to get to the objections because i think everyone sure. kind of has an idea by now so um objection number one that i have or we have heard um that i want to get your take on benji is isn't this just long tail SEO? I believe some guy who worked for Google or Google search one time many years ago, someone mentioned this on Twitter and he was like, I don't know why people, what, are, what this is, it's just long tail SEO. SEOs have been doing this forever, right? Haven't we been doing this forever? I have my own answer to that, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think long tail is something different. I actually think that example that you showed in Rainforest of all the different keywords that that one post ranked for would, technically be considered more like the long tail variations of of the main keyword that you're going after but i would i would just argue that if you actually look at a lot of these keywords they're not long they're not like question queries they're not like five six words a lot of them are head keyword terms that just the the very the difference in the way that we're approaching this is truly just looking at it from a search intent perspective and really trying to understand what is the value of the product or service you're selling and what would people be searching for in order to find that? Yeah. Best that, green that, tea is not a long tail query. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's, that's the difference is, is it's truly just looking at it from an intent perspective and trying to find all the variations of things that people would search for to find a solution like your product or service. That's it. That's pain point SEO simplified to a T. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be long tail. It doesn't need to be a question. It doesn't need to be five plus words. It can be very short queries that we rank for that just indicate someone is ready to buy a product. Yeah, I think that's basically my answer. I think what I was going to say is like, I just think that that question approaches it from like an angle that's irrelevant to pain point SEO. Like pain point SEO is like, I don't care how long or short the thing is. Like Painpoint SEO is just approaching it from a completely different lens. It's yeah. like, we don't care whether it's a head term or long tail as traditional SEOs would, would describe it. It's like, is there search intent? Then you should rank for it. Like the other example that we kind of, I had as, up as a tab, but I didn't want to belabor this too long is this video editing one. You can, um, it's basically, you can Google like what? keyword strategy for new product, grow and convert and, and, and run into it. It's also one, if you're reading this recently, it's also one of our recent posts right now. Um, and a couple of the examples we have here is for like a video editing uh, client is video text editing. Is that long tail? Online video no. editor, is that long tail? <laughs> Collaborative no. video editor. But they qualify as pain point SEO because the lens is not about the length. 
It's about the conversion intent. And as we argue in this post, this is a very innovative um, video editing tool that where you can edit the video by editing the text. And so video text editing is really, really perfect from a conversion intent perspective. It also, as a result of editing text, means that collaboration is really easy, which is a huge issue in video, right? Because like normal video editing is these ginormous files that you're like transferring on a hard disk or whatever, or like Adobe Final Cut Pro, this and that, Premiere. And so like collaborative and online video editor is actually pretty innovative. But long tail head term doesn't have anything to do with this in the sense that you only know that these keywords are very interesting. You only know that adding the word online to the search term video editor is very appropriate. Or, or, adding the or word collaborative. It's very that appropriate. That was a huge one. Yeah, you only know that by knowing the details of what Benji said at the beginning of this video, which is knowing the, the features, the value props that people are really coming to your product for, not the entire feature list and the feature dropdown on your site. It's like, no, no, you know, every time a client does that, we can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 400 features here. Which ones do they come in? And like the sales rep will be like, oh, everyone comes in for this one, right? It's like, there's always, everyone comes in for like one thing. And in this case, it's like that. Like you, you need to know that information and that's the lens at which you're doing pain point SEO conversion. It doesn't matter whether it's long or short. So don't just think, oh yeah, yeah, this is long tail. My other answer that I have written in my notes is IDGAF even if you're do, you knew this before, nobody's doing this. We talked to how many companies that reach out to us over and over again. Like, it's not nobody. Very few of our clients have systematically gone after SEO keywords based on like conversion intent. A few have. Shout out to Ashok Varma of Rainforest, um, right? Like, few have. Rain, rain, rainforest. No, of, um, Report garden. Yeah, report garden. Yeah, but a few have, but very few do that. And so that's the lens. Okay, uh, objection number two, but these bottom of the funnel keywords have such little search volume. Yeah, I mean, this one is like opening a can of worms, but simply <laughs> I would just say, as you saw from that post on T, you can rank for keywords that get 60,000 search volume, but that get zero conversion. So I would pose the question back to whoever's listening to this, who, who thinks this way, volume is really important. Well, volume is really not important if it doesn't do anything for your company. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What, what good like, is that 60,000? What, what, what good is that 60,000? You could say, oh, well, impressions, it gets 60,000 people that care about tea on my site every month. It's like, Okay, is it driving any sales? Is it really doing anything for you? Oh, well, it's building brand awareness. It's like, great. But there's also keywords that you could go after that would drive actual sales. So even if that was the case, why wouldn't you want to go after the keywords that drive the sales first? Right. That, that, that's what doesn't make sense to me when people give that objection. And, and then the second thing I'll say on the, on the volume thing is, even if it's small, the conversion rates can be so high. And I think that's, that's the point that you're going to here that these small volume posts outperform even the ones with high volumes that do convert. So I don't know if you want to elaborate on that point. Yeah, so I'm showing a screenshot. This is going to be hard if anyone's listening to this audio only, um, but I'll try my best. It's an analytic screenshot. Again, it has a bunch of URLs at different rows and it's showing traffic. It's from GA. 
showing traffic in the first column and all the way on the right hand side is showing actual signups for the software company. And there's like two things to take away. There's three of these rows, three of these posts that we've circled. And those three in whatever date range this is have 41, 33 and 51 signups. The other whatever, I'm gonna read off the number of signups, 5308003. Versus 41, 33 and 51. So it's like, if you do page one SEO properly, like the posts that have buying intent don't just have a little bit more buying intent. This is like 10x or more. Or in the well, case of the Well, so just share, payroll, share the conversion rates because I think that really helps elaborate the point. Yeah, so the conversion rates of those three with 41, 33, 51 is 0.34%, 0.38%, and 4.3%. 4.3%. The conversion rate of the other ones not bracketed are 0 0.04, 0 0.05, 0, 0, 0.19, 0, 0, 0, 0.15. So it's like, Again, what good is that traffic if it's barely converting? And if you're thinking about brands, like it's brand, there are typically conversion keywords that also get some volume and that'll help your brand first. And why wouldn't you just first get the ones that are people are ready for you and then work on brand building later? Um, so yeah, and even compare that yeah. first one to the bottom one, there's 10,000 visitors to the first one in the time frame, 41. Pretty good. Very good. The bottom yeah, one. I also one just want to touch on a point here because I, I think that's that's something that people misconstrue about pain point seo is they think we're saying don't go after high volume keywords or yeah. that these these ones that get ten thousand or twenty thousand visitors a month aren't going to do anything for your brand and our argument is no sure you can you can rank for those but go after these buying intent keywords first and then work on those brand building keywords later because again if you're focused on results and roi and getting a return on either the money or the time that you're investing into content marketing why not rank for the things that are going to bring in sales and customers now and then work your way up the funnel and focus on those high volume less buying intent keywords later if you think about it just like any startup that you're trying to grow you need sales and revenue coming in first before you're going to be able to invest more money into your marketing department or your content marketing department. And I think it's the same thing here. With, with Painpoint SEO, you wanna focus on all these buying intent keywords and then brand building and investing in these really high traffic pieces and growing the brand and growing your audience and things that you can't measure. That comes later after you've already built a business that gets predictable revenue. And so that's, that's all we're saying with this approach is there's terms that you can rank for whether they are very low volume, like zero to 20, uh, or they have this high intent and they're like 200, 1,000, 5,000, depending on the brand, high intent keywords can be five or 10,000 searches a month. We're not saying yeah. that they always have to be small. What we're saying yeah. is that the intent is what matters more important, is more important than the, the volume. And so we would say we would rather go after a term that is deemed high intent for the brand, even if it has 10 volume, then going after something that had 500 volume that had zero intent. And again, I would just think back to that, that T example, because that one's the simplest one to understand. Yeah. Okay. Next objection. What if I don't have a lot of bottom and funnel keywords in my space? Yeah, I think this one is, is a good one to show that the case study that we just wrote, because I think that's exactly 
what this product was. So this product, a newer product, they do video editing in a very unique way where you can highlight text in the transcript and remove parts of the video. And so for, for video that uh, is very interview focused or has a lot of people speaking where there's like hours and hours of footage, this is a really quick way for people to edit out certain sections of their video. And so there is really nothing like this on the market. All the alternatives were Final Cut or iMovie or whatever people are using there, to there, edit their There was their like video. one or two, but very yeah. few. Yeah, there's very few. And so it's a new category. And so there's not people searching for how to edit with text or like all, all these different variations that you would call it. There's no category name like content marketing software. Uh, so we had to then basically lean on number five of all the different use cases. Again, we had to know what people wanted or what people found valuable about this product and what made people want to sign up and then back into what keywords would people pot potentially be searching for to find a solution to this problem. So for example, here are some of those. So how to edit an interview video. Again, I just said that this product is very useful if you needed to edit clips of a lot of people talking. And that was one of the main use cases that people are using it for. So this keyword makes a lot of sense here. If we're able to show up, we can show how easy it is to edit an interview video with the product. Are there any other examples in, in here? of different ones i think we were being very careful not to really... yeah other things like how to edit oh, video two. quickly yeah how oh, to yeah. edit so, it fast how to edit it fast exactly so th those are the ones that come to mind so just thinking of all the different alternatives that someone might be searching for to find a product like this that they didn't even know existed yeah that well, was what we how, had to how, do how to edit video fast actually a really great example um and and the other one's rough cut video editing but i actually like how to edit video fast like that doesn't say anything about them being to use marketing terminology solution aware. Like they're not, they're not saying a video editor where you can transcribe and edit the text. They're just like, I just want to edit this fast. They're not even aware that something like this, the client's product exists. Um, but it's a perfect tie-in to the product. So that's the whole concept of like, fine. If the extreme bottom of the funnel, like, editing video like text there were a couple of those online what was it text video editor whatever we were showing earlier but yep. if you run out of those that's okay there's usually a ton of mid-funnel pain point and if there's really not enough bunch of those then maybe seo is not the channel for you yeah. <laughs> like what are what are you selling right that there's nothing there's no demand no one's searching for anything remotely related to your thing right then maybe seo is not the channel for you but how did any video fast is like that's just a pain point like they want to edit video fast, it's too slow. And so you're like, hey, actually you can really do it with ours is is, is perfect. Um, and I think that's kind of the solution to that, that problem. Um, the other one I wrote down, you might be surprised at this is, well, in my space, bottom of the funnel keywords are way too competitive. We've had a couple of people say that, right? Like, so like I use some of those examples, right? Like CRM and accounting. If you actually mm. wanted to rank for best CRM, like, I've never tried, we don't have a client, but I can imagine that is ridiculously competitive, right? Or like the examples I've heard in B2C spaces, like buy flowers online, like, yeah. <laughs> like good luck, right? It's gonna be really competitive. Um, 
I think this is something that we touch on in the underdog SEO post, but essentially the way that I would think about doing the content strategy for those is maybe not going after those really highly competitive terms right away. Like best accounting software, like there's there's brands that are spending millions of dollars protecting those keyword terms that I think it's going to yeah. be very difficult for you to rank for. But I think taking this middle of the funnel approach or thinking about the core features that differentiate you from the best accounting software. And, and in this case, they probably are more long tail. Yeah. Because they're, they're very, they're, they're very specific features or very specific use cases that your product solves for, but going after those and owning those keywords first and really using that to build up the authority of your website and to, to basically just own the valuable keyword terms that distinguish your product from the others and not trying to rank for just the category terms. And then that that's the approach that I would take is it, just yeah. going after mid funnel first, because I think that is a really good way to drive conversions. And these keyword terms will be a lot less competitive. And this, this is a challenge. Like not everyone has millions of dollars to spend on content. Like some of those big companies like nerd wallet or something, if you're going against a, a nerd wallet, Good luck, but right. I have done keyword research for companies that do compete in those spaces. And it's those longer tail, not obvious opportunities that you can compete in. Uh, and we explain that whole framework and just how we would think about doing this and not post uh, underdog SEO. So you could search for that and read through it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's that last category five of pain point SEO is go a little bit more long tail, go to those little features or differentiators that you're uniquely good at. So yeah, forget best CRM, but what do you do? You must have some angle, right? How to solve XYZ problem in Salesforce that's really annoying that you guys happen to do really well, right? Just like how to edit a video fast. Um, okay, last objection, and then I have one more thing and then we can close. Last objection is this is so repetitive. Like we're just gonna keep talking about the product over and over for all of these different keywords. Yeah, that's what we get a lot is that if you let me, let me elaborate on that objection so you understand before Benji kind of counters it is if you end up doing actually maybe we go to the T one like best green yeah. tea best oolong tea best black tea best white tea or the video editing one what was what were the three examples it was like online video editor collaborative video editor and video text editing what that subjection is about is that it's come from or directly our clients actually because until you start to do it or see how we do it. You actually don't even know enough to have this objection, which is when you start to see these posts, a huge chunk of the posts we write for these are selling the features and benefits of the client's product or service. Now, that ends up being the same thing because the features and benefits of your product don't change from post to post. So you may position in there's some twists for online video editor versus collaborative or best black tea versus green tea or whatever but if you have you know a set of competitive advantages on tea or on video editing software or on crms or whatever you're probably going to make that same pitch over and over again that's the premise behind this objection Go ahead. yeah well because we're doing pain point seo and the whole way that people are coming into these blog posts most people aren't going to your blog and clicking into every single one of your articles and reading the same pitch that you make over and over again. The way that people are finding these posts is searching for a problem that they have, coming in through the search results to one of the blog posts, then they're learning about the product, and then they're probably clicking to other pages on your site to do research 
on whether the product or service that you're selling is a good solution for them. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. And it's, I mean, we do it on our own site too. Like recently, all of the blog posts that we've published are going after keyword terms. And we have a set process and a set way of doing things in our agency. And that's what we sell. And it, and it's, it doesn't change all the time. And we don't need to provide new information because there's not new stuff that we're doing all the time. And so I would say I wouldn't worry about that because you have to really think of how someone is finding this piece of content and the likelihood that someone is going to click into one of your blog posts and then subsequently read another 20 or 30. I just think it's unrealistic. And then two, the only other thing that would be similar in those blog posts is just the sales pitch of how the product solves that problem. And those keywords would have to be really closely related because we might change the sales pitch depending on what we're talking about. And so the sales pitch always ties in with the keyword. And so we would talk about how to solve this exact problem uh, in relation to the, the keyword or or the problem we're, we're setting out to solve with the product. Yeah. I mean, to say it in a more kind of jackassy way, like stop, you have some company, stop thinking about your blog like it's the New York Times or something, or like a magazine, like get over yourself. Nobody is like refreshing your blog, trying to figure out what you just wrote. It's a tool to get traffic in from Google. It doesn't matter if a lot of the blog posts have the same arguments, literally no one cares. Um, okay, last question, not an objection. How do I start? Like if you were to give someone, someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, yeah, like I'm bought in. This makes a lot of sense. Like, but how do I immediately get going? And this question sort of rings home in the sense that in addition to us being an agency, we have our course and community and our, and our course is more than just like a static course. It's built inside. Um, I didn't mean to do this as like an advertisement, but it's coming across as this way. So bear with me. <laughs> it's, it's built in a community. Like it's built in. This discourse, 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 discourse. Um, and it's and and so like people ask these questions and we do these monthly live Q and A's and a lot of the Q and A's, everyone's like, well, like I've been, you know, I joined the course and I thought about these things, blah blah blah. And there's a lot of people that I'm like, come on, like let's go, like take action. So, what is the immediate first step of someone, whether they're you know a marketer, an owner of a business, whatever? I mean, that? if you're an if you're an owner of the business or you're in marketing or you're customer facing and you often hear the problems that your customers face, I would go, go sit down, think through if you're a salesperson, if you listen to sales calls, write down what people are saying on the sales calls. Like what are the questions they're coming in with? What are the features that they're, they're uh, saying they're looking for? What are the problems they're looking to solve? Write those down and then go into some keyword tool after that. and start typing in keywords around those problems and see what comes up and then look for the keywords that match the intent of what the person said. Or uh, another way that you can do this is just think about the core value propositions of the product or the service that you're selling. So again, like what is the main value prop? For us, it could be, I don't know, we're a conversion focused content marketing agency. So if someone was searching for conversion focused content, that might be a keyword that we would want to own. Uh, that That's basically how to think through it. And then go find a list of those keywords that are high intent, and then just write a blog post around one keyword and see if you can rank for it. Yeah, that's I agree. I what, what, what I had been thinking of when I wrote down this question to ask is like even more, I guess, what, shoot from the hip, maybe reckless, but like no easier start is just like, 
just think of the first two to three absolute no-brainer bottom of the funnel keywords. And I think most people that are working with, unless it's a brand new client and you have no idea, if you're the owner for sure, or anyone that's been working for a while, like that should be pretty obvious, right? Best category name. Yeah, like yeah. best this or like this software, that product. You know, it's kind of like now. Blank alternative. You know, yeah. yeah, like green tea or something like that. Uh, or this alternative, this versus that. Like you should be able to think of that without interviewing anyone. Um, what are your, and, and just start listing this literally in a spreadsheet, create it. It'll become your new like conversion focused keyword sheet or whatever, instead of whatever your SEO agency hired, did, did. And then be like, okay, which ones are like this? We absolutely have to rank for this. That should be intuitive. You shouldn't have to think that hard. It should be very obvious. And then you can do some of the stuff that we talked about, like, well, what if it's really competitive, blah, blah, blah. Then you move to something a little bit more strategic. But that's the beginning. Like, pick three. And as you said, write one. Write it, hit publish. Because the number one thing is just all these mental objections. And you're like, listen, if you just do it and you see the results, then you're going to get over it. Um, and you're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us through the whole thing.